great to have a driven and determined attitude, but there is a downside to that as well. Yes. You know, when you're not willing to ask for advice and you think you know everything or that you're convinced that everything is perfect and that if anyone tells you anything differently than what you already believe, then they're just a naysayer or they're just jealous or what have you. And you really should, you know, seek out that advice and look to people, you know, other leaders, uh, other people with experience and, you know, really gather their feedback as well. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, listeners. I know you're going to be super excited for the podcast just coming up. Uh, we have Louis Blay, and he is, uh, God, he's had a tremendously powerful sales career, and he formed his own consulting business called Lion's Leap Consulting, and basically spent the last 14 years, a bunch of those times around his sales career for about a decade, and now he's been full-time for the last four, evaluating largely Canadian startups and Canadian technology to see if there's a, a real opportunity. And he, we spent a bunch of time digging into what that type of a career looks like. First of all, a sales career, and then about, you know, how do you get technical firms started? How do you evaluate them? Is there a market for them? And he's right now working on an amazing startup in the environmental space that is going to make an enormous difference on eliminating uh, and improving wastewater and plastics in the ocean. And he's taking on uh, a role right now, and it's going to be making money, creating revenue in the next six months to a year. So really excited about that. And I look forward to having Louis on in the future uh, and sharing about uh, what what a, a huge win this organization is going to be. So again, uh, leaders, thanks for tuning in to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. If you have any you know, young leaders that you know that may be interested in, in, again, stepping into their leadership, you can email me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. Hope you have a fantastic day and really enjoy my podcast today. So, uh, Louis, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the uh, Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. So appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I'm honored to be here. Uh, I had a chance to you know, listen to a lot of your old podcasts over the last uh, couple months. And, uh, you know, the roster is, uh, you know, full of you know very successful people. So I'm honored that you asked me to be on your podcast. Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm honored that you came. So that's great. I know it's and, and I know we're we're catching up for so far. Our listeners, it's been quite a while since uh, Louis's been in the program. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, roughly 20 years. And uh, we um, we, we were sort of linked through LinkedIn and I uh, was seeing about uh, Louis's uh, Louis success and progress. And he's got a whole bunch of really cool things to share, I know, because uh, we were talking in advance of the call. So, um, Louis, you know, I know it's been a while, but think I'd love if you could share what was it like? You know, tell me what you were like before our program. So uh, what I was like before the program is, you know, I used to be you know, very disorganized, uh, you know, didn't plan things a lot in advance. I uh, kind of, you know, waited to the last minute for a lot of you know, different things. Uh, so, 
uh, not planning for the unexpected as well. Okay. So kind of, you know, going by the seat of my pants kind of thing and not really putting in the time ahead of time, you know, to, to make sure everything ran smoothly kind of thing. Totally. And if, if, if you think, yeah. like, what do you think your biggest frustrations, if you can recall as a teenager, what do you think your biggest frustrations were? You know, I, I thought about that and I, I don't think I was really that frustrated when I was a teenager. I mean, I had a blast in high school. Uh, I was student body president, uh, you know, tons of friends and, you know, partying every weekend. I think the time that I became frustrated was, you know, the university days, uh, yes. simply because I, I wasn't doing what I, what I dreamed that I would be doing. Right. For sure. So I think a lot of people share that frustration where you have expectations of, you know, entering your career and doing these really amazing things. And uh, I think that's what frustrated me most. You know, I'm the kind of person that gets bored really easily. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't doing the, the special and amazing things that I thought or that I dreamed I would be doing uh, when I was younger, you know? Totally get that. Totally get that. And, and again, that doesn't, you know, your, your experience is very common. You know, it's like all of a sudden you're, you, you know, when you get to university, you're just that much closer to your real life, right? You know, we're not in high school anymore, my real life, but there's not that many opportunities to really dig in and really get to that big life, you know? So, you know, why don't we sort of just talk about, you know, what do you still rely on from, from the program and the student works uh, management program? Louis? So uh, I think that what I rely on the most is, you know, I, I look back on my experience uh, with student works painting as really like a, a sales and project management boot camp. So, I mean, let's talk about selling. I, I, I mean, as you know, you know, when you're knocking on doors and you're meeting, you know, in that four or five month period, you're meeting hundreds of prospects. Yeah. So you're constantly introducing and, and offering the value proposition of what you're doing and you're constantly in negotiations and things like that. So I learned in like four or five months what would have taken me probably about maybe a two or three years right. uh, in, in, a, in another kind of sales situation. So what I still rely on from the program on the selling side is just to, you know, uh, to constantly be selling. You know, so even though I'm not in a full-time sales role right now, I was in sales for almost 20 years right. as a full-time role. You know, every day, all day, every day, what I'm really doing still is persuading and motivating. Yes. So, you know, as any kind of business leader, you're, that's what you're going to be doing all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the big takeaways that yeah. I still, uh, still use on a day-to-day -day basis. And the yeah. other major thing is, you know, that planning piece. And I think that a lot of a lot of business leaders today maybe aren't, um, you know, don't have so much a focus on the planning aspect. You know, so I actually ended up getting my PMP or project management professional designation uh, because I, I really take that to heart as well. You know, so as I mentioned, you know, in the early days when I just started with student works painting, that was one of the things that I really had to improve on is, you know, that. You know, really putting in the time ahead of, you know, the painting jobs and that kind of thing to make sure that things go well and to plan for the unexpected. So, um, you know, whether it's weather or, you know, painters not getting there on time or, you know, the painters themselves being disorganized, you know, you really have to, uh, you know, plan for every single little detail. First of all, you know, I have a really good memory for people. So that's one of the things, you know, I don't have a really great memory for, for data and things, but I have an incredible memory for people. So it's like, I recall, you know, you coming into the program and really a, a dynamo, lots, lots to say, lots, you know, high action, high success rate, high, 
um, the interpersonal skills came really easily for you. You know what I mean? Or they're just more connected to them, right? Just like for me, those things came easily. Um, but one of the things, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up um, because you've gone on and really made a, a big um, added to your business school degree at Laurier and, and gone and done your PMP and then also gone and done your MBA. So, so maybe you could speak to our young leaders about, you know, how you looked at that, the pros and cons of, of, of those decisions. So, yeah. And I think that it's a, it's a great question because, uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they don't necessarily respect, you know, those degrees and things like that. And I always tell them, it's like, no, you do not need a degree to be successful and you don't need an MBA, right. but I really view those kinds of things as a success accelerator, right? right? So there are really three ways that you can get an education. And that's really what we're talking about. It's right. not about getting a degree, it's about getting an education. Right. Okay, so you can get an education by trial and error. So you're going to be making a lot of stupid mistakes. It's going to take, you know, potentially years to get all that done. Right. You know, the second way you can get an education is just reading books. Yes. Okay, but you're going to be you're going to be exposed to maybe one great author and maybe two or three not so good authors, and then the third way is you know getting that kind of higher educational degree. Right. And when these programs are designed. They basically look at the best authors of the world and they gather all that information and they convey it. Right. You know, in a in a classroom kind of setting, whether that's online or in person. So really, what you're getting at is you know you're getting thousands of hours of experience. And expertise condensed. Uh, and, you know, uh, when I got my MBA, it really taught me to think a lot more strategically. Right. And so I mean, I could have gotten that experience on my own, you know, like I just said, but, yes. uh, you know, I think it really, really uh, bumped me up and, you know, helped me to increase my, uh, my uh, desirability in the marketplace and increase my net worth significantly. So I, I, I'm, you know, I'm really glad I did it. Yeah. What about the network as well? Sorry, just like, cause I know, you know, sort of the net worth, but what about is, has, has those people that you develop relationships in the PMP and the MBA course, are those also some people that you go to for advice or feedback or, or understanding? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I know that one of the things that you were going to ask about was, you know, if there's any kind of advice that I could right. give to young entrepreneurs, I think that they don't ask for advice enough. Yes. They don't seek feedback enough. And I think that they, you know, it's, it's great to have a driven and determined attitude, but there is a downside to that as well. Yes. You know, when you're not willing to ask for advice and you think you know everything or that you're convinced that everything is perfect and that if anyone tells you anything differently than what you already believe, then they're just a naysayer or they're just jealous or what have you. And you really should, you know, seek out that advice and look to people, you know, other leaders, uh, other people with experience and, you know, really gather their feedback as well. For sure. Um, you know, because you don't know it all, you know. 100%. I know Ray Dalio, um, you know, he talks about, you know, what what am I not getting? You know, he's one of the most successful uh, investors of the last three decades. And he's written a book called Principles. And that's something that how, what what am I missing? What don't, what don't I get, you know, you know, about this situation and constantly looking at that. And I know that's something we always bring to our businesses. What are we missing? What do we need to put in? How, how can we improve? You know, what are we not hearing? You know, and just always being in that space of how can you get better? Um, and you can't, you can't do that on your own. You just, you, you know, part of it is self-reflection for sure. Self-development mm -hmm. looking, Hey, how can I do better? But you know, it's, it's, it's getting other people's perspectives are so critical.
Hey, leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So t- tell me about your career progress, you know, you know, jumping out of, you know, Laure, what did you choose to do? How did that work out? You know, so that our, our leaders can kind of get a sense of, you know, career paths, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what, starting with StudentWorks Pain, that was my, my truly my first, you know, hardcore sales experience. Right. And because I was always kind of a good presenter and, you know, rather personable, like you said, uh, I decided to, you know, devote my career for the first 20 years or so to like a full-time sales career. Now, about 11 years ago, uh, as a kind of a side consultancy, I started doing a lot of research, you know, helping organizations evaluate and determine whether or not their new technologies, uh, you know, have any potential and whether or not they should bring them to the market. Right. So for you know about 11 years, I've been doing that on the side. And for the last couple of years, I've been devoting pretty much my, my full-time role to that. So I'm no longer in a full-time day-to-day sales role, but more on the research and market assessment side. Okay. So again, you know, relying more on my strategy kind of uh, skills. So basically I got, you know, done about 75 projects uh, under my belt, you know, for a lot of Canadian research universities, as well as private organizations around the country, you know, just evaluating their new technology and helping them decide whether they keep investing it or not. Right. You know, so we've done a lot of cool projects uh, on that side. So, uh, yeah, kind of a mixed bag, but, uh, you know, always sticking to, you know, I I always wanted to be involved in something big, you know, something very impactful. And one of the things that I'm really excited about that I've been involved in over the last few months is I'm the marketing director for a startup. Right. Uh, right here in the local mainland, it's going to be using enzymes to treat a lot of wastewater and microplastics in our oceans. You know, so uh, part of the reason why I wanted to be involved in student works is to be involved in something big right. and you have a real impact. So that's kind of where I gravitated. I want to be involved in like new technologies and, uh, you know, be at the ground floor level, you know, for something that's big, that's going to be starting out kind of thing. So so, you know, make a long story short, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been devoting my, my full-time life uh, more to, uh, to that side of things. Well, well, first of all, I know we were talking on the phone and that sort of stuff just so inspires me, you know, and, and again, it, it is really wonderful when you're, you're doing something that inspires you. I, you know, I, I, I love doing this business. I'm inspired by doing this business and, and, and it, it's just a great way to spend your life. So, you know, what inspires you about the technology that you're working on and what's the impact that it can have moving forward, obviously, in, in uh, uh, 
uh, and, and obviously you've done a bunch of research or you wouldn't have been working on it, <laughs> given that you've yeah, worked in so absolutely. many firms in the past. Yeah, so a uh, great question. And so if you just looking at some of my experiences, you know, some of the projects that I've worked on, what inspires me is, you know, I want to make a difference. Right? I want to leave some kind of legacy. And, you know, just looking at some of the past projects that we've had, I mean, for one major Canadian university, for example, uh, we assessed a technology that created, you know, waste or sorry, energy streams using waste greenhouse gases. For another major Canadian medical research university, we evaluated and assessed a, a database that could actually predict whether or not an organism would be resistant to antibiotics. Okay, so these are like huge problems that could potentially be solved by a, a lot of these really cool Canadian technology that not a lot of people have heard of. Right. Uh, just because we get to evaluate it, you know, a couple of years before it's even available. Right. So like I said, I, I think I'm motivated by making a difference. Yes. Um, in, in the world, you know, and on, on, on a big scale. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so how long of, uh, this, this latest business that you're working on now, how long of, a you know, I guess time horizon before it starts having an impact? And also, what are you hoping that it will do? So uh, the nice thing about what I'm working on right now, especially with the startup, is, you know, even though we call it a startup, the technology, the leader of the company, the founder of the company, has actually been in this industry for about 20 years. Right. And he's already got a lot of partnerships with, you know, uh, some major Canadian universities, as well as some major Canadian government organizations. So even though we're a startup, the technology is patented and it's been in use for many years. So the ramp up is going to be relatively fast. So to answer your question, like we should be generating some revenues and profits on that side of things, maybe in about six months, three right. to six months. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And so so just for me to better understand and our listeners, what will the, the, the enzymes do? How will that impact our, our, our environment, et cetera? So uh, an enzyme, you know, just to maybe start there, an enzyme, you know, enzymes are in every living organism in on the planet. Right. So in the human body, for example, every single one of us has thousands of different kinds that help us to breathe, digest our food, eliminate toxins and waste from our bodies, et cetera. So what the leader and the founder of the company that I'm working with right now has done is he created these different cocktails of enzymes and bacteria that can actually digest, you know, these waste and toxins in our wastewater or the, the plastic in our oceans uh, or, you know, remediate soil that's been contaminated with pollutants, right? So basically what we're going to be doing is, it, is you know, disseminating or distributing these enzymes into these different waste streams and basically use it as an all-natural way of cleaning our environment. So that's a good way to, to sum it up. So that's why I, I think it's so cool uh, to be involved in this kind of technology uh, at the ground floor. You know? No kidding. No kidding. I've got chills. Like, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm yeah. sure for all of our listeners, we're enormously concerned with what's going on with our environment. You know, and again, in my mind, the biggest thing we need is breakthrough technology, you know, to to actually reverse some of the damage to sort of catch up to, you know, how the world's living you know, and, and, and the energy that's being used and, 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 you know, all these different types of things, the plastics in our oceans, you know, all these things that I'm sure all of our young leaders and listeners are, are really concerned. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that every single one of us, to a certain extent, who, you know, get involved in sales are motivated a little bit by, you know, the financial rewards. 
for sure. So, you know, part, part of my payment is in equity uh, in the company. So, you know, that's all, that's also a good motivator, right? So another advantage of getting involved in the ground floor is that you're able to, to capitalize on that side of things too. So, you know, as our as young leaders make a decision in terms of their career path, you know, so you can choose an old, uh, large legacy company, you know, that has a lot more job security. Yes. Or you can choose to be involved in a new, newer, you know, startup kind of company, but be able to, you know, it's higher risk. Yes. But you're able to you know, typically get some equity in the company. So be able to capitalize on potentially huge upsides as well. Right. You know, so right. that's that's something we have to consider in your career decisions. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, and I'm sure like it's interesting because so early on, I'm sure like did you choose more sort of hey, you know, more, you know, hey, I'm gonna make salary and commission. And then obviously it's easier to make those more risky decisions when you have money set aside. Is that something that you did, Louis? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, so I was, you know, very risk averse, uh, right. when I was just getting out of university because, you know, I didn't have much money, you know, yes. set aside at all. Right. Yeah. So when you're 22 and, and just starting out, uh, obviously I think we've all, all been in that position. You know, right. you're, you're not as able to take risks when you're working to pay rent. Right. Exactly. Um, but you know, after my MBA, you know, it, it gave me that ability to, to better, you know, to better make investment decisions. Yes. So that whole question, okay, has been set aside now. So now, you know, once, once you've got a quite a, quite a good nest egg, yes. then you can start taking bigger and bigger risks. Right. So, and that's also, yeah, that's also a good result of, you know, uh, the MBA piece. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing for our leaders as well is, is that the organization that Louis going to wants someone like Louis, who is wanting to take a risk and wanting to take equity above salary, because then Louis, you know, again, that much more passionate, that much more excited, that much more motivated. And, and so that there's a real alignment there, right? You know, they don't want someone who just wants a salary in a startup. You know, they want people who, again, let's hold hands and work real hard together, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and, um, and I know that, I mean, one of your, one of your questions was going to be, you know, like what, what would have my biggest regrets or, you know, yes, maybe my biggest question, mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, I think it was, you know, selling products or services that I didn't believe in a hundred percent. And, you know, and I can't, I'm not one of those people that can fake passion. Yes. And another recommendation that I would make to people is, you know, if you're not a hundred percent, you know, if your heart's not in it, even though your head might be, you know, don't, uh, don't even bother, you know, yes. just spend extra time, spend extra time and find something that you're passionate about. You know? right. There are some, there are some sales people out there that can get up in the morning and sell furniture or, you know, computer parts or whatever it is, you know, uh, and, and be passionate about it, but I'm not one of those people, you know, so. Well, yeah. And, and by the way, as well, it's, it's possible as well that they're really not all that passionate either, you know, and again, it impacts like you, you, you recognize the, the, the difference between your performance and enjoyment when you're linking passion uh, with, with what you're doing, you know, one other question, you know, that, that sort of, um, sort of aligned is, is mentorship, you know, as you went through your career, 
you know, what sort of a role did mentors play? Did you, were you fortunate enough to have some good mentors who sort of developed you along the way? How would you sort of also, when you're looking at a career decision, look at that mentor role versus the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I've had mentors, great mentors that I worked with within companies that I worked for, but also I, I leveraged the, you know, just reaching out to people right. and, you know, saying, can you point me in the right direction? You know, can you give me some help? Uh, I think people are very, very open and willing to help people that are very upfront and who ask for help. Right. So, you know, I identified some people in the community here in Vancouver that, you know, I, I admired and I basically just reached out to them on LinkedIn and, you know, just was very upfront and transparent right. about the fact that, you know, I'm considering maybe a new career or considering, you know, joining this one company. Like, what, what advice do you have to give me? And I think that people, generally are, you know, they're, they're kind of almost flattered that you're asking them for your your input. So, you know, and definitely, again, it's like a success accelerator, right? Right. Why learn all these hard lessons yourself, you know, reach out to people and, and, and get their feedback, you know? Absolutely. No, I think that's, I think that's great. Mm. And so what about, you know, if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, what advice would you give them? So, um, I, yeah, like I mentioned, I mean, there were two things that come to mind. Uh, one thing is to, first of all, know your business backwards and forwards. So, you know, you know have the opportunity to work different roles you know, in that particular industry. Uh, know your pricing backwards and forwards, uh, just so that, you know, it, it helps in terms of you know, whether you're selling, whether you're talking to suppliers, talking to employees. You know, because you're you're better able to motivate and persuade them in terms of you know how long certain things should take or what good looks like, right. you know what a quality job looks like when you actually know. So you can pretend to know, but it's different when you actually know and when you've actually done it. So I mean, that's my first recommendation. And like I mentioned before, I think my second recommendation is just to you know be willing to accept feedback. Right. So be willing to accept feedback from anyone, your employees, your customers, uh, your mentors, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's no, I think that's really yeah. great advice. And and so when you think back to sort of when you graduated university and what did you need to change about yourself as you became more and more successful in the full-time world as a value creator? So I think that uh, one of the things that I had to, uh, that I really realized is that when you don't plan ahead, and I know I've mentioned this a couple times now, but I I noticed that, you know, when you don't plan ahead, the majority of your time is going to be spent putting out fires or being in reactive mode. Yes. And I think we're all familiar with the 80-20 rule, right? So I think the reality is, is when you don't put in that time uh, ahead of time, you're going to be spending 80% of your time just like being in reactive mode, reacting to different situations, you know, putting out fires, uh, et cetera, as opposed to, you know, and only about 20% of your time and there's more strategic activities, yes. like finding new customers or cold calling or, uh, you know, planning your next big move or whatever it is. Right. And so I think that when, you, when you're able to put that planning in, in, into effect, then, you know, a, a larger portion of your time is going to be spent in those strategic activities. So I, I learned the hard way, you know, just to... You know, put in the time, add extra time. And even if it's something as simple as, you know, getting to meetings on time. Right. You know, yes. a, a great example is if you're late to a meeting, if you're late to a customer meeting, your chances of booking that deal go down by something like 85%. Yeah. 
So just investing an extra 20 minutes at the beginning of your day can increase your chances of closing, you know, by a significant margin. So just little things like that, right? That a lot of people, you know, they, they maybe they think it's too basic or uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not worth their time investing in, but, you know, it can really pay off in the long run, I think. Well, well, I'm happy that you're reiterating these things because this is something that we really work on as a, as a value and as a habit, you know, just again, pre-planning, developing structures, getting, you know, we, we, we call them the four referability habits. So continuing to sort of focus on being on time, doing what you say, finishing what you start, saying please and thank you. And again, I think so often we're recruiting, you know, obviously very entrepreneurial people into our business who have a lot of those entrepreneurial action-oriented attributes. And they need those planning and habits and structures that really support all those actions, you know, and, and, That's and right. so, so often I'm sure you've seen entrepreneurs just spinning around, working really hard and not getting the success they could if they just, you know, planned and prepared better. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, uh, you mentioned something. Uh, so I listened to, uh, you know, like I said, I've been listening to uh, quite a few of your <laughs> awesome. podcasts in the last few months and I caught the one with Chad Grenier. Yes. Uh, and he was my district manager, uh, when I was at student horse painting. So I wanted to give a shout out to Chad, you know, I, I uh, always enjoyed working with him, but he always described that you're spinning your mental wheel, you're spinning your productivity wheel. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and maybe I'm not getting that a hundred percent, but you know, you, you oh, uh, re-encapsulated it. Right, no, right it's, then. it's so true. And again, a shout out to Chad. He's awesome. And, uh, just so blessed to have him around the business. I think it was for five or six years and developing all sorts of amazing leaders. And uh, if you haven't heard his pod, I highly recommend him, re- recommend it. You know, he's the executive VP of North America, uh, Mosaic, uh, one of the big advertising organizations or experiential advertisers in, in North America. So if someone wanted to do what you do, and it really is pretty um, exciting what you do. And by the way, as well, I just wanted to make sure our leaders understood Louis is under non-disclosure agreements with most of the companies that he's worked with. So he can't speak about all of those. I would have been asking him more questions about those things, but there's a non-disclosure agreements, which is understandable because these are all, again, uh, you know, uh, secrets, you know, uh, before they come to market, et cetera. And even after the fact, there's still non-disclosure agreements in the type of work that Louis does. Um, but mm-hmm. what, what key habits would they want to steal from you? What's the secret to your success, Louis? So uh, over and above what I've already mentioned, I think that uh, one of the things that I see a lot, and I've been immersing myself in the venture capital community, obviously because of the nature yes. of my work, you know, over the last few years, but I, I, an appreciation for research. Okay, so you know, we talked about mentoring, which is a form of research in a way, but you know, just getting down and, and reading as much material as you can and really getting online and, and doing a, a, a ton of research on any kind of new venture you're going to be considering. Right. Um, and, and I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't put enough time in at the beginning. You know, there's something basic, like just making sure that the industry makes sense, the technology makes sense, yeah. you know, analyzing the competitive landscape kind of thing. So, you know, if, if they wanted to do what I do to answer your, your question more directly is, you know, have an appreciation for research effort. Yes. And uh, putting in hours and hours, you know, just to get a, a true understanding. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure as well, like, that's something you really enjoy too, 
right? Like I, I, I imagine, right. right? Like it's really something that you really enjoy. You find it fascinating. You're really interested in it, or you wouldn't be doing this too, right? That's right. Yeah, and that's and that's important as yeah. well. By the way, those are indicators for our leaders about what they should do in their lives, right? It's like you know, right. I I wouldn't go and take on what Louis' course of action was because I'm not a real researcher. I'm not a fact finder. That's not some, you know, that, that's not my space. And so I, I would not have found myself doing what you did. So if, if, if people are going, oh, wow, I really don't want to do that. Okay. Well, that's not likely the type of business that you would be involved with because the type right. of, yeah, programs that you're in are just long term till they get a success. Yeah. And I mean, we all take different paths, yes. right? So, I mean, the, the ultimate goal is, are you going to find success on your path? So I yes. talked earlier about passion. And I mean, I was always, you know, a, a huge nerd. And you know, even growing up, I was more of a bookworm than I ever was an athlete, right? right. So, I mean, you know, for some people, athletics, you know, works. Uh, but I just chose this particular path because I, I knew that that's one of my interests, right? Yes. I enjoy doing research and fact-finding. So this, this, you know, I found this particular path yeah. and it's been you know, extremely lucrative so far, Yeah. but, uh, you know, I still haven't found that next Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know, most people in this, in this business spend their entire careers, you know, finding that, uh, the next huge thing, but you know, uh, it's, uh, it's all part of the game. It's all part of the adventure, right? Yeah. And, and that's, and that actually is something as well as, is that, you know, how, how, do, how do you see that? Obviously, you're investing time, you're investing energy in things there. I know there's a lot of programs that you've worked with and haven't had the result. Right. But but you're still, you know, passionate about it. How do you how do you look at that? How do you see that, Louis? you know, for our leaders? So, uh, you know, most most technologies that we evaluate, uh, we recognize that they're just not ready. Okay. Or the crime has not come. Uh, you know, they all sound great on paper. But let's be honest, the majority of the technologies we evaluate are just not, they're not going to be viable. Okay. okay? So, um, but I, I still enjoy the hunt. Okay. So I, I think that, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur, I think you need to enjoy, you know, the good days and the bad days. Yeah. If you're only going to be into it, you know, for the good days, I think you're in the wrong line of work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I just... Like I said, I mean, I'm in it for the, the thrill of the hunt and just, the, you know, the finding out about new things, uh, whether or not they pan out or not. But obviously, you know, it's, it's great when they do. The yeah. And you've got to, you've obviously yeah. got to win along the way. And you've, you've obviously had a really successful sales career and then working these things on the side, which has worked. And then now you're going full time at a really big opportunity, which is exciting. So exactly, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, because well, it, and it, and again, it really is great. Like, you know, again, you know, we've had some people who do real estate. And, and so again, how many properties do I need to look at before I find the one? And, you know, it's like 200 to one. And if you're if you're not liking that process of, of of doing that, well, then you shouldn't do real estate, you know, because that's really exactly. because a lot of times people, oh well, whatever, I'll find, uh, you know, I'll look at twenty. Well, you're just not going to have the same success if 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 the number's two hundred. And I'm not exactly sure what the number is, but there's a number, right? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, so it's yeah. like you know, being and again, like you said, being good with with doing the work. So. Well, that's great. And, and so one final question, and I, and I love this question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? So I, I thought about that, and I think it's a leader with the discipline and the ability to be flexible. 
Okay. So we, we already talked a little bit about the discipline and planning and, and yes. things like that. Uh, and sticking to the core fundamentals, because uh, and, I, and I did sign up for your four elements of preferability uh, kind oh, of awesome. thing, you know, great food. But, you know, it's like you, you even said, I mean, it's not rocket science. Okay, It's all about the fundamentals and being able to do that, you know, day in and day out. Now, uh, the other piece that I wanted to mention is, you know, being able to read people, I think, is, you know, really a key. And I kind of mentioned about flexibility. So flexibility in terms of, you know, changing your approach based on the, the person you're dealing with. Yes. So we, we learn that from selling. Right. Yes. So that's all that's all about what selling is about is, you know, being able to empathize with them, you know, mirror the, not only their body language, but to speak their language, et cetera. So, I mean, being flexible, not only with customers, but also employees that you're trying to persuade yes. and motivate. Right. So, you know, I said at the top that I don't really like the term, you know, you're always selling. You're always persuading and motivating. Yes. You know, yeah. so I, I think that, that's really the, the key difference. It's not you're like you're, you're not trying to sell a product for money. You're all day, every day, you're going to be persuading people. You're, you're going to be pitching ideas. You're going to be convincing to, you're going to be convincing people to perform well on your team kind of yes. thing. So, uh, I mean, I, I think that that, um, when I, when I think about a leader of tomorrow, uh, I think about those two key, uh, things. You know, those are the things that jump to my mind anyway. Well, I think they are so powerful. And, and again, I think, I, I think, you know, to me, selling and convincing have a connotation of I'm trying to force an outcome where persuading and let's enroll and engage someone in something that they're excited about and interested in. And can we as a group come and do this, right? Like that's really to me what, what powerful leaders do. It's like, Hey, let's come join again, join him. Let's go do this together. And I'm seeing everything about this opportunity, the good, the bad, and the indifferent to sort of say, yes, I want to do this you know, and having a really powerful conversation around that. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why people don't like the idea of selling because they're, it's, it's kind of a force the outcome. I'm going to kind of, or maybe manipulate or trick, you know, and that's nothing that that's right. you, you want to do at all. Right. You know, so, and, and, and again, I love, I love, again, discipline, habits, focus just makes such a powerful difference for, uh, you know, and so then you've got both, right. The powerful, uh, interpersonal skills with really great structure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Louie, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, you, you know, getting up early uh, out, out in the West coast for me. So everyone knows uh, he's out in the lower mainland in Vancouver and, uh, and, and thanks so much for, for making time for our uh, many listeners on the leaders of tomorrow podcast. Okay, great. Thanks again. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca 
www.ca.ca/apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.